Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. We'll make our way in here to the podium and we'll just dig into God's Word today. Glad to have some folks here with us on this fine, beautiful, sunny morning here in the piney woods of northeast Texas. And uh, we're just excited to, to uh, you know, just to have a Bible, praise God. Just to have a Bible and to be learning God's Word and the wonderful truth that's hidden there, not from us, but for us, so we could search the great wisdom of our faithful Lord. And we've been in this uh, uh, study of Timothy. I don't really know how long, but we're in the second chapter of Second Timothy today. And uh, just a couple of announcements before we dig in. Uh, one of them is we had wonderful meetings with Brother Larson this past weekend and how wonderful they really they were and the word of the Lord came forth and really just gave me a great time of refreshing in my mind, my heart and then some, some cl more clear insight on some things of which we will be hearing a little bit of that this morning uh, because of where we are in our study of 2 Timothy chapter 2 but also Robin and I will be in Lima, Ohio January the 16th, that's a Saturday, at the Hampton Inn uh, and Suites Hotel there in Lima. So if you know anybody that's around that area, just get the word out. We're going to be there for a 10 o'clock in the morning meeting and uh, meeting from 5 to long up until we quit that evening. So make sure you help us get the word out. And uh, we're just excited about having that opportunity. Glory to God. Everybody doing good this morning? <clears throat> Everybody got a Bible? Amen. Everybody got something to look at. And uh, we're just thankful. Let me see if I can get this pulled up here. Uh, sometimes it wants to, uh, it's got a mind of its own. And, and uh, I like having my Bible right up here beside my, my notes. And we're going to start this morning in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. And... This is uh, going to uh, deal a little bit with some of the things the Lord uh, sh shared with me over the over this past weekend, and uh, we are uh, going to be looking at this verse. It's uh, often just read, and we've had our own thoughts about it. Uh, concerning studying God's Word and to show ourselves approved. And I'll get situated here in a minute. So let's read this, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, and then we'll kind of dig in it and discuss it this morning. The Bible says here, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And of course, it's a contrast to... Uh, what he has uh, been talking about. And there's different places even in the first chapter of 2 Timothy, like in verses 8, 12, and 16, where Paul uses that word ashamed. And Paul uses that word several times throughout his writing. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If we, if we turn back to the first chapter and we look at verse 8, uh, the first chapter of this same book, 2 Timothy, he says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Then in verse 12, he says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not 
ashamed. And so you go on down to verse 16. He says, This you know, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Philegius and Hermogenes. That's verse 15. In verse 16 he says, The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Now, the reason I believe Paul uh, used this word quite often is because we can be ashamed of the gospel and of our Lord in a moment's time. We can be uh, ashamed of, of, of that we're even a Christian. And I'm talking about when we're alone and by ourselves, we're never ashamed. But sometimes when that door of opportunity comes open by the Lord to share the gospel and we shy away from it. We run off with all of our justifiable only of the flesh excuses though. It's because there's some shame there. There's some shame. We need to be growing in our boldness. Proverbs 28.1 says the righteous are as bold as a lion. But it's something that we have to grow into. And it becomes more and more. And after 20, 30 years, my friend, you ought to be having the experience of boldness as a lion. And I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm talking about just the simplicity of the boldness to be able to share the truth when there are lies present, to share light when there's darkness present, to never run away from an opportunity, even to look for the opportunity. And uh, so we need to be careful. That's why Paul would say uh, in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He, they, the church in Rome was already saved and he's talking to them about the gospel. We need to pay attention to these things. And, and when Paul says here in verse 15, study to show yourself approved unto God, he didn't say study to show yourself approved unto men. We're not here to show ourselves approved unto men. We're here to show ourselves approved unto God. And, 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 and we're going to be talking about some interesting things today. I, I heard Brother Larson last weekend, and he didn't really uh, focus and hone in on this. It, he just kind of, uh, the Lord spoke it through him in one of the messages, but he said this, he said, God's presence is not God's approval. God's presence in your life is not God's approval necessarily on what you're doing. When, when you trusted in Christ and what He did at Calvary, God approved of you. He justified you in Christ through your faith and what He did at Calvary. He approved of you to the degree that He made your body His dwelling place, His temple. He dwells in you because you as a Christian are approved. But the Bible says that you and I are going to have to study to become a, a workman, not ashamed, so that we might, what does it say? Be able to rightly divide the Word of God. Now, just because I am approved of God, that does mean that I have the presence of God. Whether it's a pleased God who's the, the Holy Spirit is pleased with His being able to guide me into all truth or if I have the presence of the grieved Holy Spirit. The presence of God doesn't come and go. Now the tangible, those experiences where you realize the presence of God is on you, that's real, that happens. But even that, 
is not the confirmation that what you're trusting in, what you're believing, that direction you're going is right because you always have the presence of the Lord. You could be in a time of prayer and the presence of the Lord come on you in a tangible way. You know you sense His presence, but that does not mean that He's approving of me trusting in my prayer time to get me deliverance from some bondage. It, I can sense the presence of the Lord. If you're fasting and we're praying and, and, and we're doing these things, we have the presence of the Lord is my point. This is a very crucial because this is what deceives most of the church today. If you're saved, you have the presence of God. But that doesn't automatically mean that we, in our actions, what we're believing, what we're trusting in, the, the, the things that are taking place in our ministry, God is approved of. You hear me use it all the time. When Peter stood in Antioch and became a hypocrite in a moment's time through fear, the Bible says, he was still righteous. He still had God's presence. But he did not have God's approval of his actions. You know, and we've all been there where we say, God's still with me just as much as he's with you. I have his presence. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And thank God for that. But that is not his approval upon what we're saying, doing. Everybody okay with that this morning? Because it is a reality. And I wanted to stay here in this scripture to go back to it a little bit because of what I did here, that, what I just shared with you, God's presence is not God's approval. It's His approval of you because He's approved you in Christ through your faith and what His Son did at Calvary to the point He moved in. But now we're being told as an already saved and spirit-filled people to study the Word of God to show ourselves as the approved by God people of God that we are unto Him, not men. If we carry out the will of God, if we keep our faith in the cross and the Holy Spirit is able to lead us, guide us into all truth, we're going to be found walking in that only place that God approves us and that is faith in the cross. And only in that light can we be the witness unto God and a testimony to people. Now, I believe the Lord is ministering to me concerning this. And Romans 12, 2 tells us, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, that you might find that approval that's only found in the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The renewing of the mind, and I need to say this this morning, the renewal of the mind is a process of allowing God to add things to your life. Here it comes, the part we don't like, and God to remove things from our life. And, and I'm not just talking about the, the, the alcohol and the nicotine. and the. I'm talking about mindsets mindsets. The Lord gives us clearer, more clear direction by what He adds to our lives concerning the Word and sometimes just a simple statement such as God's presence is not God's approval will cause you to begin to see things differently 
than you have before because I fear that too much of the church, because they have the presence of God, they think that they, in what they're doing, have the approval of God. And my friends, this is what makes 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 so important because it's not the presence of God in your life that will heal you and deliver you. It's the truth that the one who lives in you is able to reveal to you of the deliverer and what he did at Calvary. You have to study the Word. If you don't study the Word to walk in the place that God has approved you, that's the path of the just, those that are justified, approved by God. He's put us on a path. And that path, Proverbs 18, He's promised, will shine more until the perfect day. But it only shines more, not because I declare it shines more, not because I declare Proverbs 4.18 over my life, but because I study the word of God from where light comes into my heart from and it is studied in the context of the word of truth. Now, I want to read something to you this morning. I, uh, uh, let me see where we are. I want to read to you uh, at least uh, four, five, six different translations of the Bible. Uh, and I've recently learned that the NASB is, in a, and, and it is a higher, more word for word than the King James Version. If you look it up, you'll find that the NASB is more of a word for word translation. It's right up there with the KJV, and they're almost identical. But there's there is some differences. But I want to read the KJV 1900, which is different from the KJV, and it says, "Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." Well, that's the same as the today's KJV. But then there's the uh, uh, English Standard Version, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. The New Living Translation, Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Uh, be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Now, I won't read any more of these, but yeah, let me just turn over here and read the NASB. It says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Now, all those different versions of the Bible, my point in sharing them with you this morning is one, only one, and that is the last three words in all of them remain the same. Word of truth. If it is not the truth of the word, and God's word, make no mistake about it, is truth. God's word is truth. Jesus said that in John 17, 17. God's word is true. But most of the time in our pulpits across the world, it is not being declared as the truth. And that means in the light of the person who is the light and the work from which his light shines of Jesus Christ because the Bible is about him. When we study the word of God, we must remember that the word of God became flesh. So it's always in the person and the work, the very reason God became flesh in the person of his son Jesus Christ that we're going to have light from the Bible. And outside of that, 
It's not the light of God. It's the light of men and men's understanding and what men bring to the table and what men rightly come up with. But if it's God teaching us, then it's going to be rightly, righteously dividing, cutting straight, that is. We studied it last week, the definition of rightly dividing, making a straight cut, dissecting properly, which is always going to be in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So my point, again, in reading those versions uh, is, is because it's got to be the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. Now, let me say this. You're already approved unto God if you are a Christian because of your faith in the one, the only one he's ever approved of, and your faith in him allows you to be approved. But the Bible here tells us to study so that we can show ourselves as approved unto God. See, he's looking for fruit of our approval. He's looking for the fruit of righteousness in which he has made us. He's looking for the fruit of salvation in which he saved us. He's, he's looking for those he can show his strength on the behalf of. And that is talking to a, 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 about God looking for those among his people because he doesn't do that out there for the lost. They are on the outside, hopefully trying to find their way in. But he, his eyes go <clears throat> to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking whom he may show his strength on the behalf of. Those will be those who come to him through faith in Christ as the sacrificial lamb of God for their salvation. And then they take what they have to heart and they begin to study God's word as he has commanded us to do so that we can walk in the place of being a workman that needs not be ashamed as we discussed last week when you're caught so to speak with your pants down forgive me for not having a better analogy but embarrassed because you don't know the answers you're being asked about scriptures over the most simple things that, that will cause you to be ashamed embarrassed and, and then if you're not careful instead of finding a place of a, a repentance uh, unto God in your heart, you'll grow angry and mad and just throw the Bible away and say, well, can't nobody understand this mess anyway. And, and, and people have been there. People have done that. But you have to study. You read a newspaper. You study the Word. So, and let me say, let me read this scripture again in Romans 12 too because this is all a part of renewing the mind. The mind renewal is always Going back to what made it new. Renew. That means you go back to where it was made new and you always cling to what made it new and then you allow God through the study of His Word to add the knowledge you need and shaping up the knowledge you have but it's just a little crooked and then some knowledge He's got to strip it out. God gives and God takes away. We need to remember that. So renewal always includes the fuel of increase or the fuel of decrease. 
Either God's adding, and when God is adding, my friend, we're talking about knowledge that comes from uh, being a student of His Word and learning how to rightly divide the Word of truth, not just the Word, but the Word of truth. Uh, we have to keep it in the context of the truth because truth is what allows us to rightly divide, make the straight cut, dissect properly. How does this relate to Jesus and what He did at Calvary? How does this relate to how I experience more liberty today through Christ. So it always, renewal always includes the fuel of increase or the fuel of decrease. That's God adding or God taking away. Some thought patterns have to change direction and this is really still a part of the renewal of the mind. The truth of Christ and His work at Calvary stays the same. The truth never changes. But movement always takes place in the truth of the cross. If I'm not learning to allow God to give increase and to take away from me some things I'm so sentimentally hanging on to because daddy, mama, preacher for 30 years taught me and I'm sentimentally tied to individuals instead of more intimately tied with the truth of who Christ is I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be in trouble. And uh, I need to remember that. So I want to say this again this morning. God, I, I want to read some of these things that I wrote down for my notes. God's presence in our lives is not, God, is not God's approval, automatic approval of what we're doing. Again, let me clarify, if you're a Christian, you're already approved through faith in the blood. Now God's looking for your life to be carried out in a way of uh, approval. The actions, words that He can approve of. Everybody all right this morning? Y'all ain't shouting me down. I guess we should have had some Hawaiian punch at the door. Glory to God. Uh, but God's looking. Don't think that you're just here uh, abiding time and just waiting and there ain't nothing. Man, there's the Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God a workman. There is work to be done and it's only going to be done by God through those who are students of his word learning how to rightly divide the word of truth nobody else and I know we're all in different places of growth but hear me this morning you're either going the right direction or you're going the wrong direction and, and sometimes even when we're going the right direction we're carrying a baggage a piece of luggage or two or maybe pulling a whole trailer full of stuff that before it's over God's got to shut it. I'm not talking about your bondages of, of, of different things, of things that we may struggle with in the flesh. I'm talking about things that we're not believing quite like we ought to that steal flesh. All that's flesh. And we've got to allow God to make us the, the ready workmen, those that are more showing ourselves more approved. Unto him. The more we live a life that's approved unto God. And again, don't forget, you're approved. But the more we have the approval, the experience of His approval, I'm trying to get it, the more fruit there's going to be, the more experience of His will there's going to be, the more opportunities there's going to be. So God's presence 
in our lives does not automatically mean He's approving of what we're doing. We only get the approval of what we're doing in the Word of God, not the presence of God. Peter had the presence of Jesus right there and that presence of Jesus Christ turned around and told him, get behind me, Satan. That was the presence of the Savior. Jesus also at times would say, I marvel at your faith. That was, a, that was the, the Savior pleased and excited over the faith of an individual. That we, listen here to me carefully. You, When you have a relationship with someone, you know when they're grieved with you or when they're pleased with you. Can I get a witness up in here? You know when they're pleased with you and you know when they're grieved with you. Well, the question to be asked this morning, how come people who have a relationship with the Lord who sense His presence can't know that He's grieved with what they believe? There's something wrong with that. We need to come back to the place where we're walking in the truth of the Word so that the approval of the Lord can be there in our lives, not just what we think, not just what they think, not just what we get a bunch of numbers of people to get together and agree on, but what does the word of truth tell us? If we're not learning to rightly divide the word of truth, I can, I can be deceived all my life as a Christian and never learn to recognize when the Holy Spirit is grieved except when I commit an act of sin, throw a temper tantrum. Yes, of course, I'm, I'm, I realize I must have grieved the Holy Spirit, but that's just something that you can really know in your head. You need to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You need to be able to discern the difference between the presence of God that's pleased with your learning and walking in the word of truth than the presence of God that's grieved because you're grieving Him through a rejection of the truth of His Word and you're just quoting the Word and you're just doing all these things and your faith is in your doing all these things but yet you feel the presence of God. That's not His approval on you being trapped under law. Everybody all right this morning? This is profound. This is powerful. This is amazing to me because it realize, it causes me to realize the deception that's in the church that just because I can feel God's presence, I must be right. No, Peter had the presence of the Messiah there calling him the devil and rebuking him for, for, for being more about the plans and the, 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 the intentions of men that he was the plan of God. Even though he was ignorant of it, he was still rebuked. I, I fear that until folk come back to the way of the cross, yes, they have the presence of God. But they're missing something. 
They're missing something greatly. It's why they, it's why these certain denominations and certain people, they're out there and, 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 and yes, they have the presence of God within them, but a lot of the manifestations that are taking place because it's not the result of the word of truth coming forth, they're deceived by the manifestations. And hear me, it all boils down to not being sensitive as we should be to our relationship with the Holy Spirit because we're not understanding the word of truth. It can't just be the word, my friend. Even though the word is truth, we must be learning it, rightly dividing it, studying it in that context because outside of that context, there may be workmen but they're not being approved unto God in their actions, in their ministries. This is so important. He approved us at the same time He justified us as He found us righteous in Christ, believing with the heart unto that righteous work at Calvary. We've had His presence since the moment we were born again, therefore we cannot justify Therefore, we cannot justify what we are doing just because we have His presence. We are approved, but many times we do not have the show or rather the appearance of that approval in our lives. The confirmation of that which God approves must be found in Scripture. And it must be not just me, For this purpose I've come up with, bringing Bible verses to build my case, God's case is the case of Christ, the case of the Redeemer. The confirmation of that which God approves must be found in the word of truth. How does what you're believing point you back to Calvary. You see, this is why all those that God has been able to bring back through much turmoil, through much heartbreak, through much wrong direction, back to faith and grace, back to a focus on the Redeemer and His work at Calvary, all have the same statement. I feel like I'm born again all over again. Because back at the cross... Is not only, my friend, where you first saw the light, it's the only place you'll see the light now. And you need to remember that. This is powerful. Study to show yourself approved unto God. You're already approved. But God's looking for you to show yourself to Him as that approved child of God that you become. That's why it was so important for Paul to stand under the anointing and leading of the Holy Spirit and to rebuke Peter face to face in front of everyone in Antioch. Not to be mean, not to be ugly, not to make Paul think, uh, make everybody think (coughs) that he knew more than everybody and was higher and better than everybody. It's because Peter was no longer, listen very carefully, Peter was no longer reflecting that approval that he'd received of the Lord. Oh, he was approved of God. He didn't lose his approval but God was not pleased and Peter 
apparently overrode the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and was more concerned about what men would think of him than what the Holy Spirit was guiding him in. You've got to learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and that means you've got to become more studious of the word of truth. Some people can dry, dry. Some people can cry at the drop of a hat. I cry more often, I'm sure, than almost all men on the earth. And I can see certain sad things on TV that will make me cry. Some people can think about crying and they'll cry. Some people can see other people crying and they will cry. What I'm trying to say is tears don't mean necessarily that you're experiencing the presence of God. Now, I'm not going to say it's not, that you're not. That, that's between you and the Lord. Who am I to judge? But it doesn't automatically mean that you're experiencing the presence of God. And even if you are, it doesn't mean that what you're involved in, the direction you're going, what you're believing is correct. Because the presence of God is not the confirmation of correction about what you're believing or the ministry that you're involved in or even the church you're going to. Not the presence of God doesn't confirm that, but the Word of God confirms that. And again, let's go back. It's important enough to stay here today, at least for a little while, that we need to learn to be intimate and to be listening to the Lord. He has much to say today. He has much he'd like to see done through his church as the ready workman that he can make them as they study his word and rightly divide his word of truth. There's much to be said, much to be done by the Lord in and through his people, but we need to learn to be sensitive and listen to the Holy Spirit. And that's not just me hearing something in my head. That's me hearing him speak the truth of God's word into my heart to give me direction to carry this truth to others, to live this truth before others, to grow in his knowledge and his grace. And to me, this has been... This has been one of those moments that every once in a while in ministry and in your Christian walk with the Lord, there's these billboards on the side of the road. One of them for me years ago was all God's works are done in truth, Psalms 33, 4. A few years later, Proverbs 8 and 8 showed up. Another billboard God would put on the side of this path. He's got us on all God's words are in righteousness. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. See, without the gospel focus, there is no rightly dividing the word of truth. Without the gospel focus, there is no righteously dividing the word of truth because God's words are always in the context of righteousness. Colossians 1, 4 and 5, I think we read it last week, Colossians chapter 1 verses 4 and 5 says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof you heard before in 
the word of the truth of the gospel. The word of the truth of the gospel. And in verse 16 of this second chapter of Timothy, of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, but shun, but shun. You're going to have to shun the profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And we, we, we studied something else that was very powerful in verse 14 a couple of weeks ago and touched on it a little bit last week. If it isn't words in verse 14 when Paul says of these things put them in remembrance charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit which would be the profane and vain babbling. Watch this now. That they strive not about words to no profit but that are only subverting the hearers. And we talked about the definition of subverting. It means to ruin, to destroy, destruction, to cause to go into apostasy. That's what the word subvert means. And if we're, listen, I'm going to say it again this week. Three weeks in a row, I got to say it. If what we're hearing being taught spiritually with the Bible being used is not profiting me, it's killing me. It's ruining me. It's distracting me. It's pointing me to another path of destruction. It's pointing me away from the way of the cross, the way of God's righteousness. It's, if it's not the word of truth, it's pointing me to another path. And that path will not be shining more unto the perfect day. Only the path of the just, the righteous, those who are found learning God's words of truth, studying, God, not just show it up here, preacher. They've taken it personal. Every Christian is called to be a workman. This is not, I, I, I'm okay with scholars throughout the ages calling these letters to Timothy and to Titus the pastoral epistles, but I got news for you. Some of it does hone in specifically on pastoral things, but, but let me, I got news for you this morning. These are letters that we should all be striving to walk in these places. Because you may not be a pastor of a church, but where you work is your pastoral opportunity. You, you may not be a five-fold pastor, evangelist, whatever, but you are called to live the life of a Christian and that every opportunity you have is your pulpit. Whether it's a daddy at home with a family, mom at home with a family, a worker on the job, wherever you might be, your opportunity lies before you to have already studied the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth, attempting each day to show ourselves approved unto God. Approved unto God. He's the one looking to see if we will take it seriously, take what we've ha we have, learn what we have, begin to walk more than ever before in His avenue of approval. I kind of like that. His avenue of approval is simply, biblically, the path of the just. We're on it. We got placed on it. But we need to stay on it. Amen. And, and you know, this is just one of those billboards along the way that God's presence in your life, Christian, 
is not God's automatic approval on what you're believing, what you're doing, the way you're living, the, 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 the avenue through which you're using His Word because you have His presence at all times. We need to learn to discern. I was talking to Robin last night at dinner about these very things. I always like to share the Word with her and we talk about it. And I was sitting across the table from her last night and I said, I know when you ain't happy with me. And I know when you're very, very happy with me. And I know just when you're, you're not just exceedingly abundantly happy with me, but you're not just overly saddened by me either. You're just kind of, uh, you know. You know when people are just really happy to see you or they're just, hey, how you doing? Or they're just, oh, I don't even look at them. We need to be, learn to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the only place to learn that is not according to our flesh and the way I feel and all these things that are all flesh. The way I learn to be more sensitive of the Holy Spirit is to listen to Him teach me the word of truth. Because as I said earlier, we're not called to be moved by our emotions and feelings. God gave them to us and they are good. But we are not called to be moved by them, led by them. We're called to be led and moved by the Holy Spirit of truth into more truth because only as we learn more truth are we going to walk in a place unto God that He sees His approved people. And again, I have to always go back to Peter and Paul. I've already brought it up, but I can't get away from it. Somebody sent me a message yesterday and asked me, can you give scripture for that statement? And I used Galatians chapter 2, where Paul rebuked Peter. Not because Peter was no longer righteous, but because he wasn't showing God the approval of, that God had placed upon him his ministry. He wasn't walking in that anymore. His fruit was not righteous. His fruit was not that of being approved. He, he was, he, the fruit that Peter put off in that scene in Galatians 2, when they, Paul telling about when they were in Antioch, was that picture there was that what he was putting off was that he was with those coming from Jerusalem. He wasn't really letting go of the law yet. I can't eat with you guys anymore, Gentiles. The Bible called that dissimulation. That word means hypocrisy. That's what he put off. And that's, we're putting off something, if you will, every day. Maybe that's why 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16 call it the aroma of the knowledge of Christ because we're putting off something. Chastity shared something Monday night at prayer about when our faith is in the cross, it's literally as, as the sacrifice uh, our faith in the sacrifice, and I ain't wording it like she did. She did a lot better job. But it actually goes up and God says it's in his nostrils. Sweet smell. And it's among people that way too. They see you coming, Brother Chris. They know your faith is in the cross. And they, they want to they talk about the Bible. And you're going to talk about the truth of the Bible. And, 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 and they're either going to be happy to see you coming and hear from you. Or they're going to be like hiding behind the pork and beans in Walmart. I'm, I don't want to talk to him. He's just the stench of death. you know, Or he's the aroma of life. 
But because we're all putting off this aroma, the Bible says it should be the aroma of the knowledge of Christ, not the aroma of who my preacher is and where I go to church and my denomination and how many chapters I read today and how much this and that. No, it should be the aroma of the knowledge of Christ who is the truth of God's Word. Mm. He is the truth of God's Word. So when we study, after the study, the result needs to be that we now have the truth of God's Word that can be rightly divided from other truths. And there's only one place to go where all the truth of God's Word comes together at. And that's in Christ and His work at Calvary. There's no other place that is the dissecting point from which we pull scriptures or in which the Holy Spirit brings them together except in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. There's no other place where the Holy Spirit gives the understanding of truth except in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. There's no other place that we can walk outside of faith exclusively in the work of Jesus at Calvary that we can walk in that place God has called the approval to show ourselves approved unto God. Not the preacher, not the co-workers, not the... Yes, we need to let our light shine. But listen, don't get it backwards. It will mess you up. God's looking for the approval that He has placed upon you. He's approved of you. He's cloaked you in His righteousness. Hallelujah. He's robed you in His righteousness. And that is what's to be shown. Oh, I know it looks drab and pitiful and it will more in the days ahead even to what's called the church today. And, but I got news for you. That's what God approves is His righteousness. Hallelujah. That's why all his words are in righteousness. That's why his son is our righteous king and ruler, that righteous branch. That's why he's got a city waiting on us where nothing dwells in it outside of his righteousness. That's why the path he put us on is the path of righteousness. My Lord, you can't get away from it because that is his seal of approval. Hallelujah. In the old covenant, it was circumcision that was the sign and the seal of his righteousness. And in the new covenant, it's that circumcision of the heart where Jesus Christ has moved in by his spirit and our bodies have become his temple and we need to learn the words of truth. And if we don't, we won't be able to discern when the Holy Spirit is pleased or grieved. It'll just be us that are grieved or us that's pleased. Now that's powerful. Is it just me being pleased? Or is it just me being grieved because things aren't right and my heart is condemning me and I just can't put my finger on it? All those years we were in false doctrine, I just couldn't quite put my finger. I couldn't find it. I knew things weren't right. I I couldn't put my... There was something... But when I began to listen to the message of the cross, the focus on the gospel, there it was. The light of all that had been wrong and what made it wrong. And I was convicted for the first time in a long time outside the realm of just being convicted about committing a sin. I was convicted 
by the Holy Spirit that he was grieved with me not believing the right thing. Just believing whatever. See, you and I can live walking after the flesh to where on a good day I'm pleased with myself, but on a bad day I'm grieved with myself. We need to, be, we need to get beyond, saints, the self-approval and the self-grieving. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit through the study of the Word of God in the context of truth so that we can sense when He is grieved and He is pleased with us. Only the avenue of truth can bring us into a more sensitive place because Peter thought he was right when he told Jesus, we're not going to Jerusalem, don't you know? Don't you know that what he was really saying, don't you know that I know something you don't know? (laughs) And don't nobody know nothing that Jesus don't already know. And, and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. See, here's the thing, and the Lord is really pouring this into my heart in a greater measure than ever before. When you and I talk together, you can only hear my words, and then you do with them whatever you want to. It's like the person that come to church a few years back, and they left, and they told somebody, all oh, they talk about, Money, all they talk about is money. And I thought, good Lord, that's the least we talk about. Hardly ever talk about money. Because she took something that was said and she did with it something wrong. But when you and I talk, Brother Chris, you, you hear the words I say and that's all you hear. You hear them just as words that they are and you do with them what you will. But now, God, and I've been wrong, and I don't mind admitting it because, my Lord, I'm sure I'm going to have to say I've been wrong in years to come if I stay on the earth. But I've said in years past that God doesn't listen to your words. But God hears my words. But God doesn't hear my words just as words as words that they are. God hears the words that I speak with the interpretation. He hears my words in the context of what my heart is saying in those words. Yes, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But see, when somebody like Ken Copeland, who doesn't have the same Savior we do, when he says, Jesus is Lord... You can turn that on and not see anything wrong with that. But God sees those words that he's saying from the heart he sees. So see, I hear Jesus is Lord. God hears that in a different way. You're not preaching my son. My son didn't go to hell and get the victory of salvation for all my people. My son wasn't defeated at Calvary. He was the victorious warrior who defeated everything that would ever stand against my people. You see, that's a totally different Jesus. My point is, God hears our words, but He hears our words in the context of what's in our heart. See, I can't do that. I can just hear your words. Now, if I know you're a deceiver, 
if I know you're a deceiver. But, you know, uh, let's just use a horrible example, and forgive me, but uh, a pedophile who sees a little kid that they want to take off and abuse and, 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 and do awful things to, they can say nice things and they can be sweet and just so appearance of lovely and they hear those words and to them, the little kid, those are just words. This is just a wonderful uh, man. He's kind of like my daddy or my granddaddy. But see, those words are seen by God as words of evil and destruction that are lying. God sees them that way. The man, even the man that shot Kennedy or the man that shot Booth, I'm sorry, the man that shot Lincoln years ago, I forget which one it was, but right before he went to uh, commit the act of murder, he saw a, a, a needy person on the street. He pulled all his money out and he gave his all of it to this needy person on the street. That, now that had an appearance of that which was wonderful. And I'm sure the guy who got the money said, that's the most wonderful man I guess I've ever known. But see, God didn't see that man as the most wonderful, giving, caring man that ever lived as that guy did. God sees things in the reality of the situation that they are. God saw that man was a murderer, a hater, someone who was already on a journey to go take the life of someone else. It was in his heart. It was as good as done. He was going to do it, but... He wouldn't need the money anymore. He wouldn't need it, but it didn't have that appearance to people that saw it. The reason I'm giving you these illustrations is because God wants us to have the appearance of Christ, the only one he's approved of. Our words won't always be perfect and our actions won't always be perfect, but we can surely be growing in our expression of Christ, our love for Christ, and this approval God has placed on me, this righteousness he's declared us to be. That's what he's looking for. That's what pleases him. Not just that I go to church. Not, lost people can go to church. Not just that I do this good deed and that good deed that puts on a good show and might have a form of God but I may be at the same time denying the power of God. And the power of God is the word of the cross being believed and carried out with the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody okay this morning? Study. Study to show yourselves approved unto God. Not to put a show on before men. Study to Show yourselves approved unto God. A workman is what you are. You won't have to worry about being ashamed because you'll be rightly dividing the word of truth through which light and life and strength and direction and, and that what pleases God is there. The Bible says somewhere, it's not in my notes, but when Jesus comes, when the Lord comes, will he find doesn't say will he find you in church. doesn't say will he find a people. It says will he find faith in the earth. And the faith he's looking for is the measure of faith he has given all of his children. He's dealt to all of us the measure of faith so that we won't have to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. So it won't just be me being grieved with me or happy with me, but it'll be me experiencing the Holy Spirit in my life who is grieved or pleased with me. And He's not beating me up because I'm getting it wrong, but He does want me to know and He's attempting to show me 
where I'm getting it wrong so that he can add to my life and take away that which is hindering him adding to my life. The devil does the opposite. He offers the lie that will hinder and when we grab a hold of that lie, he steals the truth because it's just a replacement program. God replaces that which is dark with light and the enemy replaces that which is light with dark. But it's up to us and our choosing and where we choose properly is not in knowing that we have God's presence, but in knowing He has sent His Word to heal us and to deliver us from all destruction. And we study God's Word to carry out His approval, not just in my heart that I'm approved, but He has placed me in a place where my mind can be renewed now daily. Instead of being conformed to this world, I can be renewed in my mind and I can prove. That means walk in the place God approves of, which is His good, acceptable, and perfect will. Study to show yourselves approved unto the one who is approved of you and wants your fruit to be that which He approves of. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've enjoyed this teaching session today. It's been far greater than I could have ever imagined. I pray that God would impart it in your heart today. Because every time the gospel is the focus, every time the cross of Christ is the object of faith, the meat and the bread and the wine that's on the table, God's people will walk away with something that He has refreshed them with, something He's said, something He's done. We need to begin to think as God's people, not more highly of ourselves than we should but according to that which he has approved, that being Christ and his sacrificial work at Calvary and us through that faith. Hallelujah. Don't forget to join us every single week here, 9 a.m., Friday mornings, cross time with Pastor Curtis. Bring your Bibles right here in the studio if you live anywhere near this uh, Queen City area. Love to see you here. Got some folks here this morning. And uh, you can watch online at the Pastor Curtis Facebook page or the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. You can watch later. Everything's uploaded to the website as well, thecrosswaychurch.com. Don't forget to sow into good ground where you're learning the truth of God's Word. And that can be done at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903 903- 231-5950. God bless you. We love you. Praying for you. Don't forget to pray for us. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Amen.